Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. There are these different ways where we get these beautiful crackerjack box almost like moments where something shows up and we have to find the puzzle piece, find the intuitive guidance within ourselves, which is why signs are so powerful. Welcome to 1111 Talk Radio. I had the distinct pleasure of being in conversation with Todd Allen Kudabak and Jackie Bailey. Todd is the author of Six Keys to Life Mastery and considers himself to be a modern day wizard inspired by metaphysics. His motto is, People of the Earth, Can You Hear Me? Now, since the creation of Life Mastery Radio, a few hundred thousand people are listening. He understands his purpose in life is to serve his fellow mankind. His co-host is Jackie Bailey, and she has spent 30 years mentoring youth and adults. She has helped them gain confidence in effective expression, interpersonal communication, and leadership. Jackie Bailey is an international speaker, trainer, author, and mentor. As the founder of the Speak, Feed, Lead Project, a tax-exempt 501c3 nonprofit, she has developed courses, classes, camps, workshops, and summits to empower the voices of children, teens, and adults. You can find out more about her at emeraldcityconsulting.com and more about Todd at lifemasteryradio.net. Now enjoy the show. My belief about synchronicity is that it is what occurs when we are lined up exactly in the right moment at the right time, meaning we are in such a vertical alignment with source spirit and our presence that everything happens to match up and work out. I think when we have those moments of synchronicity, it's because we have gotten to a place where we really are in that presence lined up with where we're supposed to be. And when we drop into the past or the future, then all of a sudden we move out of synchronicity. Mm. So what does it look like to be in that situation? It's not difficult. It's not hard. But how is it that we get ourselves in that alignment? Just basically, I know that, you know, it could take meditation. It could take some some thought, paying attention to what we're paying attention to. But what would you say that that are the are the key elements of being in alignment? I I think that signs have a lot to do with it. I believe that when our signs show up, they're uh, bringing us into that moment of synchronicity where we have this convergence point to realign back to our path. Because I think we, we often can take the scenic route as human beings, we want to go off in different directions. You know, we like to explore, you know, we like to get distracted. And those scenic routes are ways that we experience and express different dimensions of ourselves, but they're not always the highest expression of ourselves. And so the signposts, the divine guideposts, they all lead us through these synchronistic moments back to a consistent space of synchronicity, which is, I believe, where essence lives and essence resides within all of us. It's a matter of us tapping into that. That's Mm -hmm. a good answer because there was a time in my life when synchronicity was abundant and sometimes I had to really stop and, and pay attention to what I was thinking about. And, and, and I can remember demanding from God to show me proof and evidence. And I'll be darned if I didn't get hit right upside the head, you know, it was just, but then, like you said, we get involved in life and you know, things are going good and we kind of lose sight of that. And then it kind of just drops off. Right. I mean, it's not hard to get back into that, but we, how did you put it? We, we get into life. Yeah, I think I think that it really is more of distraction. It's it's when we forget to breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, if you notice our our slipping into the past or moving into the future often happens when we hold our breath. And so the more consistently we can breathe deeply, the more we'll find ourselves present. 
And when we don't do that, what occurs is we end up having signs along the way. Mm-hmm. And those signs are prompted by our inner child, both our wounded and our divine child. They're prompted by our soul. They're prompted by the universe. So we have this entire uh, realm uh, both inside and out that is truly conspiring to bring us back home to what we mm. truly are. Okay. So mm. we paved the way a little bit for our listeners of, of what it, the topic is for today. So let's just beep, beep, beep back the truck up a little bit and, and dive into how you got started and how this became so important to you. My journey into spirituality began like most people's journeys do, and that is from a place of unconsciousness, usually in the midst of dysfunction, where we don't even realize we're in dysfunction, moving through hardship and challenge, often butting up against chaos or discomfort, and finally reaching a point where we say, something's got to give. Could you just send me a sign? (laughs) Like we've all said it, right? Or we've all thought it. I just want a sign. And that was where I was. And I had reached such a point of discomfort in my life and such a place of really feeling like life was painful, uh, especially when I was in my mind doing everything possible to be aligned, to live by right word, right thought, right action, to be generous, to be giving, to be forgiving. And yet life was still this hard and this painful what was wrong? Why? Why would earth be created in this way? And I think that a lot of us have these questions, but we only end up with these questions because we have ventured so far from the truth of ourselves mm-hmm. that we have covered <laughs> ourselves over with conditioning and beliefs and ideas and emotions that were never ours to begin with. And when I asked for that sign, I had no idea that my verbal asking that perhaps doing it in my prayer room, perhaps with such fervor and feeling would initiate a string of signs that were so consistent and so frequent during the course of the next five to six weeks that for a moment I had to question my own sanity because how in the world could this be happening? But then it also made me question life. Like, I think I've got this all wrong. There's a lot more going on here if I'll just become more present and really see how life might be supporting me, how life might be speaking to me. And that's how I started to really dive into how is life communicating with me? And if the universe is communicating with me through these numbers, which were 11, 111 and 1111 at the time, quite consistently, then how many other ways has the universe been talking to me that I just haven't realized? Isn't that pretty much the key to signs is that they're all around us. We don't even really have to ask for a sign. It's already there in most cases, wouldn't you say? And yet we're just not paying attention to them. I definitely believe that the signs are not only always there, they're like in every single thing, like everything Mm. is a sign. However, usually when we are in more of our dense nature, when we're caught up in some of these emotions that feel heavy or some of life experiences that feel constricting, then oftentimes we only grab hold of a sign once in a while. And Mm. then excited and we call a friend, oh my gosh, you should have seen, I got a sign. I have to tell you about this sign. But then we treat it as such a novelty that five minutes later, we've forgotten about it. Yeah, Life shows us how to slow down in a way to, start to embrace that signs are not just once in a while, not just these momentary synchronicities, but that they actually are around us all of the time and speaking volumes rather than just a momentary uh, nod. Mm. So are signs and symbols the same thing or are they different? I believe that signs are something that appear in a moment where we have either a specific question And we are looking for an answer or we have a thought that we'd like to embark on and we're needing a direction, uh, which is why the title of the book goes into pathways, turning points and divine guideposts. And the divine guideposts are the signs that appear as confirmation when we've taken a step and then we see, okay, I did take the right step. I've just gotten that wink from the universe. 
I think the symbols are a consistent meaning of something. For example, an animal totem could be a symbol for us, whereas seeing a cardinal today and a peacock tomorrow, those would be signs. But an owl might be a consistent symbol for us as an animal totem. So that's how I differentiate between the two. Nice. Animals. Animals for me were really big for a while. I mean, I had some amazing experience, not experience, synchronicities way, way, way beyond them being coincidences. I mean, I'd be thinking about things and I'd look up, you know, washing the dishes or something and just contemplating and I'd look up and there'd be a deer staring at me right through my window, you know, or contemplating other decisions and and raccoons would show up or or blackbirds would show up it's just it's it's almost like they're showing up and saying look you're on the right track or maybe you should switch different tracks definitely and i think that animals are quite archetypal I, i think that we go into archetypes a lot of times with uh in other ways but animals definitely show us the behaviors within ourselves that might be dormant that we can experience and express at a certain time. You know, if we need more vision, people will often see a hawk. You know, that's a time to really allow yourself to vision and embark on a vision. If we need more courage, you know, you might see a wolf or or a lion. And they don't necessarily have to show up in your face. Like it can come on a card or a book, or it might show up on a postcard or something in the mail that you receive but to take notice of those things. I mean, even the backdrop that you have with all of those different items, you know, for a person just coming onto your set, if their eye lands on something in particular, that's a sign. It's there to tell you something, but we've not been taught at a young age to look at what our eyes, our ears, our senses just momentary land on. Those are where the most significant signs come from because in that moment, if your eye lands on a radio that's in the background and it's a radio that is an older timey radio, but you get that moment where you just kind of pause and you, you know that time stands still, that sign is really saying, tune into that frequency from the past that mm. you have forgotten about. Tune back into that station and find the message of what is repeating in your life right now that is parallel to that. So there are these different ways where we get these beautiful crackerjack box, almost like moments where something shows up and we have to find the puzzle piece, find the intuitive guidance within ourselves, which is why signs are so powerful because they cultivate our intuition. They cultivate our connection to ourselves and to the universe. They help bring about a greater sense of trust with life, with the universe, with other people, but most importantly, with ourselves. It's that connection, right? It's it's that conscious awareness of that connection. And the synchronicities, and it, it just reiterates that connection. And, and like you say, it's guiding us to the next decision, the next why in the road, those kinds of things. You know, I used to experience, it'd be like God was throwing rocks at me right the little rocks little pebbles they bounce off my head and then i wouldn't pay attention <laughs> and the next thing it's a big chunk of concrete right just boom. <laughs> and i still wouldn't pay attention and then i'd come to the conclusion that was just a big chunk of road that got winged at me what is it that is going on can can you just maybe put in your own description of how you know, you're not doing something and the signs keep coming. Yes, I, I call those pebbles, rocks and boulders within the book. <laughs> so, you know, as human beings, we always want to see the good signs. And oftentimes people don't realize that signs come in lots of ways, shapes and forms. And they're always pointing to something, but they're always directing us to our higher good. We are always on life support. That's what that sign on air means in the background behind you. Mm. It's that sign is trying to say you are always being breathed into. And so the good signs might look like butterflies or a baby or a rainbow, you know, things that make us feel real good that we get to get really excited about. But oftentimes we don't think about the ways that pebbles, rocks and boulders appear in our life to have us pause for a moment 
to see what's really going on inside that created the moment that we're in. And so we might have a plumbing leak, or we might have a flat tire, or we might uh, cut our finger or have a, a broken arm. All of those are signs, but they're not just these random events like we've been taught. They're actually related to us. The beauty of signs and the beauty of the universe is the universe knows we're distracted. It knows that we're self-absorbed. It knows that we're constantly looking outside for the answers or constantly looking outside to be fed by things. So it uses the outer world to speak to us. And it uses everything in the outer world, from people to books to songs on the radio, to our cars and our homes and our pets, to even our children. The way you were talking about children earlier really thrilled me because we often think we're here to teach the children. Well, the children are actually <laughs> teaching us, first and foremost, what comes out of their mouth. But secondly, if you have a child, everything they go through in their life is actually a sign for you to go back to that age stage where the exact same thing happened to you. So hmm. if your child, such as mine, had a severe asthma attack at age three and ended up in the hospital on Mother's Day, like mine did, which was one of the first signs that I got, it was a huge wake-up call because asthma has to do with gr deep grief and tears that are not being shed. The fact hmm. that it was on Mother's Day pointed to me that this is about me. He is trying to tell me something about me that I'm not breathing, that I'm not surviving, that I'm actually, I can't get any air. And so to take those signs and go, okay, where is that in me? What is that trying to show me about me? And when we do that, then we start to realize that these children that have come through us are actually a barometer and a mirror to us, that they're hmm. going to go through the experiences where we suppressed our emotions, where we stunted our evolution because we didn't want to deal with something. We were in fight or flight. And so that moment of being bullied as a teenager is only taking you back to the moment you were bullied as a teenager at the exact same age, because we create ripples and echoes. And I talk about that in the book as well. And so there's this amazing way that signs appear in a moment, but there's also this amazing way that they appear across spans of time and really create a beautiful mythological saga. I've never heard that before. That's so very interesting. And I'm trying to remember back when my children were young uh, to see, you know, if there were synchronicities with that. Um, nothing's coming to mind right now, but um, what I find interesting is that are there like when you talk, we're talking about rocks and boulders with Todd, do rocks and boulders symbolize something, the same thing for everybody? Do hawks and eagles represent the same thing for everybody or is everyone's sign specific to them? So I'll answer that in two ways. Pebbles, <laughs> rocks and boulders are a graduation of a type of sign. So the pebbles are going to be the tinier things that show up to slightly get your attention. If mm -hmm. you don't get if your attention is not gotten with the plumbing leak or the flat tire or the cut on the finger, then the next thing might be a fender bender in your car or it might be your roof has to be replaced or be an actual broken arm. Uh, if you don't get the rock symbol, which those signified, then the boulder is going to be something more like uh, a divorce might be happening. You might lose your job. The car might be totaled. Like those are the types of graduations of those kinds of signs. Yeah. And on the one hand, all signs, whether it's the pebbles, rocks, and boulders, or whether it's the hawks or the butterflies, have a general meaning. You can Google anything and you'll find that general meaning if you go to Mr. Google, because he seems to be the spiritual know-all be-all of the universe. <laughs> right. And so you'll get your general meaning. But what I'm really wanting to teach people through this book is when you can get past the point of the novelty of a sign and can hold yourself back just long enough from contacting Mr. Google and really take a breath and stop and go inside, there are ways to then start developing your own dialect. And you will begin to decipher messages through these signs that are much deeper, much more intimate for you than the general meaning. You'll also discover you and a friend could be walking in a park and you both see a cardinal and there will be one meaning for you and mm. a different meaning for your friend. Okay. Interesting. That's, that goes along with the term, you know, your knower knows. 
right, Simran? I mean, rather, like you said, rather than go to Google, just get quiet and, and just ask, right? It's a simple ask. What does this mean? What am I to know here? Yes, yes. But we don't always trust ourselves. And I think right. that when I began seeing the signs, I would say that that was my biggest issue was I couldn't trust myself. I was deeply empathic. I was always feeling other people's emotions. I was 35 years old before I even realized I was empathic. And then I was like, oh, wow, all these things I was feeling, that's everybody else's stuff. That was one thing. And so my 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 choice and my decision and also being an empath and being a Pisces, you know, I always wanted to love everyone or I had a codependent tendency to always want to take care of other people despite myself. And so when you are like that, you tend to lose trust with yourself. And then because you create relationships that then take advantage of that, you lose trust with other people. And then you start to feel alone, like you're in this by yourself. You've got to figure it out. So then you drop the trust with the universe. And we all do that. So the signs begin appearing so that we start to realize, wait a minute, there's something out there that is guiding me. And if I respond to this sign with my own inspired action, and then I get another sign and I respond again, and I get another sign and I respond again, I'm developing this relationship with something bigger than me, whether you call it God, universe, love, source, whatever it is, I have developed this relationship that I now trust that if I take a step, there will be a response and then I can take another step. And that develops a sense of inner authority where you begin to trust yourself. And as you begin to trust yourself and your intuition and you start to do the work that the signs are showing you in terms of what's going on inside of you, then you start to grow a compassion for other people. You start to learn and understand other people are just like you and that they're going through their things. And you start to recognize the signs in their life because when they have a flat tire that's in the back of their car on the right side, you realize they're working too hard. It's their masculine side and it's coming Mm. from the past, which means it must have been their father that taught them that they have to work hard to get anywhere in life. All these things mean something. And it's not about filling our heads up with, can I know the meaning of everything? It starts (laughs) off that way. But eventually it's about, can I allow my intuition to guide me and understand this interconnected space that I live in, that is the world, and continuously drop down into my heart so that I'm interconnected from the heart space, not analyzing and dividing the world up from the mind space. I think you might have to go back to that car for a second. (laughs) You kind of threw in this really ingenious uh, idea in there. I'm thinking, wait a second, Uh, the the side of the car and the front or back tire has significance to past. So, okay, can we revisit that for a second and go back to that, uh, this car with a flat tire in a particular spot? So what... What can something that seems like such a ah, challenge, especially if you're in the hurry, in a hurry to get somewhere, you, you have a car problem, flat tire, what is that possibly telling us? So, so the car is the vehicle, representative of you okay. as the vehicle. Got so it. if you could imagine that there are certain things outside of you that are literally holograms of you, your car, your home even your job space, those would all be extensions of you to know more about you. So when something happens with your car, we all have feminine energy and masculine energy. Feminine energy is on the left side of our body. Masculine energy is on the right side of our body. Feminine is always related to the female caregiver or the mother. Masculine energy is always related to the male caregiver or the father. So when something happens to our bodies, our cars, our homes, and it is on the left side, it is related to a belief or an idea or codependency that we had related to our female caregiver. And when it happens on the right side, it is related to a belief, a wound, or codependency that we had with our male caregiver. Now, with a car, Hmm. we have a front end and we have a back end. 
So the front end of the car would be future focus. The back end of the car would be past. Same thing with our body, same thing with our house. A house has a little bit more distinction because sometimes we have a basement, we have a first floor, we have a second floor, we have an attic. And those represent the layers of our consciousness. The foundation would be the first floor. The subconscious would be the basement. The ceiling, the roof, or the uh, attic would be the higher consciousness. So there are different layers that happen within all of us, and that too would apply to a car. So if the tire was flat in the rear of the car, it means something in the past is affecting our present, that there's Mm -hmm. a belief, a wound, or an issue from the past that we've not yet healed. And if the tire was flat on the right side in the rear, that means we are exhausted by a belief or wound that has occurred in the past with our male caregiver. And it's not Mm -hmm. allowing us to go forward. And so to then take that and just contemplate or breathe into it or feel where the discomfort is in the body, even if you can't figure out what that is, find the place of discomfort in the body because it has been embedded within you in some way, shape, or form. And breathe through it until that twinge finally moves out, and that will clear the issue. But we have never realized we're that connected to everything, nor can our issues and our belief systems be solved in such a simple way. That's another reason why I feel like this book is so profound, along with my first book, Conversations with the Universe, because they really lay out the complete uh, understanding of signs as a personal growth path. One that is fun, one that is easy to figure out because it all goes back to you. And we don't have to make personal growth so hard. We need to understand that everything is always pointing back to us. Yeah. And we can use the signs and symbols as a way to get back there. So what does it say then that I broke my left ankle twice in a year and a half period of time? <laughs> I always felt like I was trying to be taught something from those experiences because they were both kind of freaky, you know. So the left side, again, is female. Female, yeah. And feminine has to do with receptivity. It has to do with self-care, with nurturing yourself. The ankle has to do with both rooting and grounding as well as trust, like the basis of trust for someone to stand on. Okay. And somewhere in your past, you were, you did not trust that you could just be receptive, that hmm. you could feel your feelings and allow all that receptivity to create your productivity. You were taught, I got to work it, I'm right. going to have to be busy to get what I need. And so that side of you is trying to not only sit you down literally because it doesn't <laughs> want you standing up and walking, right. but trying to say at the very foundation is the wound or the weakness is the fracture of where you forgot that feminine side of receptivity. Hmm. And the affirmation is truly my presence is enough which means you don't need to do a thing. Your presence is enough. That was at a time when Jackie was developing her business and getting things going. And right, Jack? I mean, does that come through for you? Yeah, it was 2019. We were just getting started. Yeah, well, it broke the end of 2018 the first time. And then it was broken again eight weeks after surgery in 2019. So, yeah, and uh, there was big changes happening. That was when I was getting my studio, putting it together. And, yeah, so I was thinking, I'm working, I'm getting this done. That was tasks to accomplish, and I probably wasn't. Overwhelmed. I I was overwhelmed, but I probably wasn't sitting back and just receiving insight into what was most important then. So, and, you know, I find that a lot with women. I find a lot of, of injuries and particularly waist down injuries. And it is often around them building a business. Mm. 
It is because women, as women, we have become so masculine in our energy. It is, it is like the women's movement and the feminist movement moved us so far to our masculine energy that we have developed an unhealthy feminine. And when we develop an unhealthy feminine like that, where we can't receive, we also develop an unhealthy masculine, which means we turn into a push, a force. I got to make it happen. I got to be in control. And then we're really living in an unhealthy space. And that is a majority of the women on the planet today, because we've gotten the ebb and flow of sitting back, feeling, you know, the the feminine space is really about being in the womb space, being at the core, feeling everything and not moving until you're inspired to act. And then remembering once you've acted to sit back in that space of nurturance again. And I'm pointing this towards women right now, just because I've seen so many women be in that space, but it equally applies to men because Mm -hmm. men have a feminine side and a masculine side, but they're used to working. They are the hunter-gatherers. Yet, if you look at a lot of them, they've, they receive well. They create the resources. Yeah. They're able to build that part that is there. Their receptivity is missing when it comes sometimes in the emotional aspect to take care of themselves, the self-care, because they often can be so busy, they don't develop the relationships and other things. And so the signs will show up in life based on what that is. For women, it's usually a breakdown in the framework, in the structure. That's the synonym. The structure is broken. Mm. Then it will be something else. Mm. Fascinating. So these these thoughts and ideas you bring out in the book, correct? I mean, and and then the book is also filled with many, many wonderful stories that you've collected to highlight those points. So I guess my question is, what is a, what does a routine look like? What, what does a a person day-to-day affairs look like that, that bring them to a point of being really connected and, and being a part of source? The book is divided up into three sections. So the first section goes into a lot of what signs are, how they appear, um, even where we label bad signs, how they're not bad signs. So it goes into all of that. Um, and it goes into pretty good breadth in that book, much more breadth than my first book, because that was more of my stories and everything that I uncovered about all kinds of signs. The middle section is all these other people's stories. And the reason that that was necessary is with conversations with the universe, it was all my stories. And I wanted people to see this isn't just me saying this. Right. Things are happening to everyone. And it's okay to come out of your spiritual closet and talk about some of these amazing things that are happening to you because they're happening to everyone. So that's that middle section. The final section is filled with practices and an understanding of how to cultivate that way to create greater and greater presence. I think that one of the first things that happens when people start to notice and become more awake and aware to the synchronicities and the signs is then then they start hunting for them. And although (laughs) I just said they're everywhere, when we start hunting for them, then we just start making up meanings of things that Mm. it's correct. You don't need to look for the signs. It really is more organic and natural. It's That moment that you're driving down the road and you happen to look over and your eye lands on a billboard on a specific word. And in that moment inside yourself, you go, oh my gosh, that was a sign. Like, you know it, you feel it. It creates a temporary pause inside of you. And ultimately, that's what starts to slow you down because you start to feel on a cellular level what those momentary pauses look and feel like. And then you start to realize what was I thinking when I had that sign? Because you were thinking something. You were either thinking about a problem you have that you cannot find the solution to, or you were dreaming about what you would like to do or the life you would like to have, but you just don't think it's possible. Those are the two scenarios that will bring out a sign. And when your eye lands on it or when your ear hears something and it creates that momentary pause inside yourself, that's how you know you really got a direct communication from the universe, very specific to where you are in that moment. You, you talked about cars. You know, for me, I, I normally drive around. I don't listen to the radio, but 
if I'm contemplating something, and this has been for a very long time, or asking a question or just curious about something, I, I might even do it unconsciously. Oh, turn up the volume. And I'll be darned if I don't hear a lyric or something that just clicks me over. I love how that happens. <laughs> and that's why I tell people, you really are on life support. We mm. do live in a magical universe. And life is trying to get you to realize that. You know, human beings are naturally negative. We are. That's why we have a positivity movement. That's why we keep telling people to state affirmations, because we really have to work at being positive. The signs will, as I said, as your own personal growth path, they will show you the beauty of yourself. They will also show you the shadow of yourself. And so when you go into a room and you see someone that inspires you on stage, that's a moment to say, where is that in me? Rather than being a fangirl or fawning over that person that you're seeing on stage, recognize that person appeared as a sign for you to Mm. show you the exact qualities you possess inside. And that's your invitation to go cultivate that. In the same vein, when you bump into a grocery store clerk that's angry and mad at the world, it's a beautiful opportunity to discover a shadow side of yourself that you may not have seen. To ask yourself, where is that in me? How do I treat myself or other people that way? And I believe that when we do that, we actually become sacred activists. And I talk about that in the book. Hmm. That we're willing to look at the world in every single thing, from a war in Ukraine to a banking system that's failing to divisiveness in politics. When we look at all those things as signs and mirrors to ourselves, then all of a sudden we clean up our insides, mind, body, and spirit. And when we clean up ourselves, then one person can change the world. Because if every one of us do that, our consciousness then ripples out in a more powerful way. Yeah, it becomes a collective. And so so that was going to be my next, because I heard you talking about, I was listening to a podcast that you were on, and the discussion got into collective signs and so and and that's what you just kind of delved into a little bit is you know one person's one person's collective thoughts have that ripple effect and it's these collective signs that are driving the population of people that are paying attention yes we all have a part to play in every single thing that's showing up in our world and to say that we don't is the foundation of ignorance that has to be looked into. Overcome, yeah. We are part of every ugliness that exists on our planet, just as we are part of every beautiful thing that exists on our planet. And when we're finally willing to really see that about ourselves, then not only can we empower ourselves to truly become self-realized, But then we take an active part in understanding our responsibility on this planet to stay aligned. Because when we stay aligned, then we no longer contribute to the density of this world. And so this is a huge invitation for individuals to not only look for the signs for their own benefit and to move their own lives ahead, but to say, rather than going out and being just the activist out in the world that's maybe enraged at something, how about sit down and feel your rage? How about sit down and allow that to bubble up so you can see the face of the monster that is actually creating the very thing that you're raging at? Mm. Because it's all just a hall of mirrors. And the conversations of the universe, the conversations of life, are simply trying to tell each one of us that. And so by doing that, you know, you do fuse it. And you create this energy source within you that is then radiating. And that effect could spread out and have an effect on other people. And it's just a a domino effect from there. Exactly. Simran for president. That's what I say. Simran for president. (laughs) 
Well, I'll tell you, we do need some feminine energy in the White House. <laughs> and we better get it pretty soon or things are really going to come undone. I mean, well, and that's I think what I wanted to address, if if we could take a few minutes, is, you know, as we've now established that there's individual signs for each, for each of us, but then there are collective signs that we can either learn from others or we can be influential in some way to other people. So what are some of the things you've mentioned a few and maybe you can revisit those if you want to, but are there other things going on right now on our planet that are signs that we need to pay attention to and maybe figure out what action we can take to help with that situation? Is there anything that comes to mind above what you already mentioned? You, you mentioned the war in Ukraine and financial crisis you want to revisit one of those and say, what is that a symbol of individually or how can it be? I would say the most powerful one has to do with our weather patterns. Hmm. If we look at a lot of the things that are taking place weather-wise around the planet, whether we're looking at fires or whether we're looking at flooding, you know, or all these different types of things that are taking place, the earth's weather patterns are really signs of the internal weather that we're not willing to feel. Hmm. This goes beyond just normal shadow work. This means the full embrace of our humanity. I call myself a rebel humanitarian because <laughs> me that means that I'm asking people to rebel against being so outwardly active and instead go inside and discover your humanity. We have oh. been taught that humanity is this outer thing of collective people, yet we don't have humanity because we're not even willing to feel our own. Mm. So we can tap into our own humanity, which means feeling the rage that a fire is illustrating, mm. feeling the grief that immense flooding is, is showing us, feeling uh, all of the chaos inside, that tornado damage that is tearing down homes is stirring within us until we can feel those parts of ourselves and learn how to calm ourselves and bring ourselves to neutrality and be compassionate and okay with those emotions. There's nothing we can do to shift our weather patterns, you know, and that's, we're contributing to all of it. We're contributing to war. We're contributing to gun violence. You know, I, I look at the shooting of kids at schools and, and how people are going in and, and doing that. And to me, a sign, that sign symbolizes how we have killed off our inner child how we have totally stopped listening to that inner wounded or inner divine child, how we kind of suppress it and, and push it into the closet and say, I'm the adult, I know better. You know, there are lots of ways we can interpret these signs. And when we are willing to be that humble by the sign in front of us, then all of a sudden the ego has no more control, wow. no more power. Fascinating. It's so beautiful, Simran. It's, um, my my heart is is full by what you're saying, and it's so true. And yet, it seems so such a big problem. I mean, yeah. how do you how do you yeah how do you get people to actually do that? Is it is it simply through your book, or are there programs that you offer that allow people to come in and and work through these things with other people? My, my, my two book collection definitely will change how you look at the world entirely. You will never look at the world the same way after these wow. two. You can't go back, right? I mean, it's <laughs> exactly. I, I'm in the process of developing a course that will take it deeper, but the books do tell you a lot. And really, when one of us is willing to look at the world in a different way and do that work, it does rub off on the people around us. We yeah. impact the generations in our family. We impact our friendships. We start to speak differently. We start to engage in things differently. It does really ripple out in a powerful way. So our ego wants us to believe that it's not enough or that it's unachievable. But our heart, just as you said, our heart knows, like there's a truth there that resonates, that, that really does say to us, if I just focus on my work, the thing is, we're very self-obsessed as human beings. You know, we're all self-absorbed. I'm just telling you to be more self-absorbed, but in a better way. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
So Simran, I'm curious <clears throat> with with the connection that you have and and the outreach that you have, I guess is what you'd call it. Are you, are do you find yourself attracting more people that need help or more people that are like minded, or is it just a, a, a full spectrum of people that you find yourself attracted to or in the presence of? You know, I I am a spiritual rebel humanitarian. <laughs> <laughs> I think you like the word rebel. <laughs> Well, the spiritual rebel is actually the person that sees no problem on the outside. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. the spiritual rebel sees no problem on the inside. So when you ask me that question, I'm not here to change the world. I'm not here to change anyone. I'm here to live in my full creative expression and be the genius that I came to be on the planet. And that's the only thing that I want to model to people. I want to be that example. It happens to be writing books spirituality and consciousness happens to be the thing that I love and I tap into. So that's what I put out into the world. But I think that the bigger teaching or the bigger sign that I represent is can you go really live your soul's calling? Can you go be a spiritual rebel and let go of all these problems that you think are out there and let go of all of your self-absorbed problems that you think are inside of you or in your life and fully Focus on your creative capacity. We are all divine children of the divine source. And our innate gift is creative capacity. So if we were to focus on that, then what would happen is all of us would have our own genius, which means the person that's supposed to solve climate change, that's their genius. They're going to bubble up and do it no matter what. The person that's supposed to be the great artist to inspire They're going to bubble up and do that. The person that's going to have a great voice or the one that's going to go work with kids and teach them about leadership, that's their genius. They're going to bubble up and do it. If we each just live our genius, then we become signs of the universe, all stars in the sky, playing our own song and being the divine peace that we were intended to be. Right now, that would look like interconnected. But instead, because we keep trying to fix everything, solve every problem, and take care of too many people, we have created a world of codependence. And that's Mm. probably going to rub some people the wrong way. But if you really sit and think about it, if we could get rid of our codependence in government, in healthcare, in the banking system, in society, then all of a sudden, we could create a world of capability instead of one of dependence. Namaste, my friends. That is you. (laughs) I'm looking at, I'm watching Jackie and it's like, Jackie, wake up. You're you're spellbound or you're just, you know, it's it's pretty cool to see. Very moved. Yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you, Simran. Um, I want to help you get your voice out there more. I mean, you have a lovely voice and a lovely spirit. And uh, if you're interested on some speaking stages, let me know, because I'll give you all the opportunities that I know of for you to get out there. Well, let's do it. That okay. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. We need to That's be heard. very cool. <laughs> another connection, another Life Mastery Radio connection. Oh, my goodness, ladies. We only have a couple of minutes left. Simran, thank you so much for showing up as you today and, and giving us your light. Or, and I don't want to say you gave it to us. Just shining your light and shining <laughs> your brilliance um, has affected me. And I can see Jackie just lit up like a Christmas tree, like a light bulb almost. So well, thank you. And namaste, my friend, for showing up today. Thank yeah, you for your thank time, you so the presence and the curiosity and just the open heartedness. You know, I think that that, you know, illustrating that open heartedness and you creating this platform for people and, you know, the way that that Jackie, you're working with young people and how you're both spreading your light and your voices. That's that's all it takes. You know, that's the modeling. That's the example. And it really yeah. does inspire when we simply stand in our power in that way. Signs. Cue for Simran to hold up her book. Signs, everyday encounters with pathways, turning points, and divine guideposts. Very cool. I have I have a copy of the book. I scanned through it, but guess what? I'll be reading it word for word. <laughs> Jackie, any quick takeaways? You are just you are just lit up. 
Yeah, just wonderful takeaways. Because I have been experiencing a lot of signs lately. <laughs> I really have. Birds are birds seem to be great communicators with me for some reason, and I always try to figure out, okay, what's this little bird supposed to be telling me? In the last few days, I've had birds flying right in front of me and landing by my feet. Mm. Wild birds flying in front of me and landing by my feet, and I'm thinking, oh, what's going on? What are you trying to tell me? It's happened more than once. Yeah. Um, anyhow, so I'm going to go back to your book and see if there's a chapter on birds. <laughs> I, I just saw, so quickly, I just saw a YouTube video of a guy holding a little flower and a hummingbird right in front of his face. He's just holding oh, the flower and the little hummingbird came right in there. How cool that? Yeah, that's how much the hummingbird trusted him. Mm. Thank you again, ladies. That's about all we have time for today. I hope you enjoyed the show. My biggest hope is you'll tell a friend about the show. Todd and Jackie have some of the coolest guests. Wasn't today's show cool? Send us a note. Drop us a line. Let us know what you thought about today's show because I think it was a very, very, very groovy show. And I know you do too. (laughs) Lastly, please, please, please make it a great day because it is all about choice. And choose to follow your signs. Bye-bye for now. Bye, everybody. Special thanks to Todd Allen Kudebeck and Jackie Bailey for the engaging conversation that they had on Life Mastery Radio. Once again, you can find out more about these two individuals by going to lifemasteryradio.net or Jackie Bailey's website, emeraldcityconsulting.com. Todd Allen Kudebeck is the author of Six Keys to Life Mastery. And you can also find out more about Jackie's book, Self-Centered Leadership, Becoming Influential, Intentional, and Exceptional. She offers the reader an opportunity to learn the four traits of leadership she has learned on her journey of sacrifice, empowerment, love, and friendship. Until next time, I am Simran. In love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.